0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the next episode of the Cassie Burgos podcast. Today, I have my friend Stephanie Shaw with us. Hello. Hey, girl. Hey. Do you want to do a little quick introduction about you? Just who you are, what you're involved in, your kids.
1: Okay. Well, my introduction generally always starts with I'm Stephanie, I'm an alcoholic, addict, codependent. Love it. Grateful for br- it believer in Jesus Christ. That's some
0: C- celebrate recovery stuff yeah, for those who don't know. Yes, it
1: is. <laughs> um, I'm a single mom to four chaotic mm. little blessings four, and uh, work part-time and then school full-time and just trying to Manage my way in the struggle bus that is life.
0: And you do ministry stuff.
1: I do. I'm in leadership at Celebrate Recovery, and I also have a women's ministry called Set Apart Women's Ministry. And you
0: guys just had an event.
1: We did. It was in June, and we're gearing up for our next event, which is coming up in September.
0: Nice. Where's that going to be?
1: Our September event will be at Gravity Church in Lodi. Nice. Yeah, and that's been a huge blessing just kind of welcoming women from all over Lodi, all different churches, all different denominations, no matter where you are in your walk, believer or non-believer, just bringing women together through, you know, the seasons that we go through, these struggles that we go through. Um, It's been nice to see the different various faces, various ages, various walks of life, um, just coming together with one purpose to... Praise and worship the Lord. Right. I
0: got to go to one event. I think it was the one in March. Was there one in March? We did one in March. Yeah, I went to that one. We were at
1: Discover in March. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then our last event we did at First Baptist Church. And then we'll be at Gravity in September. And then at Bear Creek Community Church in December. Oh,
0: nice. Yeah. Oh, a December event. I like that. I feel like a lot of times in December, the churches go quiet with events. And I'm like, no.
1: It's hard. They do a lot of like...
0: Well, it's all about the, the season.
1: And they're, they're personal events, so there's a lot of mm-hmm. things usually going on within the church. Right. Um, but we got in the schedule early on Love purpose it. for that. And so it'll be December 1st, like right at nice. the beginning of the month. And um, just trying to do that one a little differently. Usually we do right. a full dinner, but that one I think will be more casual um, with charcuterie. So right. My favorite. Bougie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Love it. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Uh, what, what, um, what inspired you to start the set apart ministry?
1: I think this is like such a cliche answer, but it's Mm -hmm. absolutely a hundred percent the truth. And I was led by the Holy spirit to start it. Um, in celebrate recovery, there's, a ton of men, men's events that happen. Yeah. You always,
0: uh, you always call them out too. Every time.
1: (laughs) So, um, it was becoming a running joke between myself and a couple of the men leaders like, sorry, Stephanie, you can't go. And I was like, fine. I don't even want to go to your events anyways. (laughs) Um, and one of my friends in that group actually was the one that was like, just start something yourself if you want to. And I kind of laughed it off. Like, haha okay cause I have all the time for that Um, and then he contacted me later and was like you know the more I think about it Stephanie the more I really feel like this is something you, you need to do Right. and um, I started praying about it and just kept getting affirmation that like it was necessary women needed it um, I think that There's an upswing in women in Christ right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You can see women leaders rising up. You can see women uh, worshiping the Lord in different ways than we have in the past. Um, And I see a a huge ministry in women. And so I'm not obviously the only one doing women's events. There's a couple other things going on. Yeah, in
0: our community. It is growing fast.
1: Definitely. Um, My... Purpose though, when I started it, what I felt was that I didn't want our ministry to be attached to any church, and we are not. We are independent. Uh, of that's
0: my favorite.
1: Any church, yeah. Uh, we are our own ministry. We're working on getting our nonprofit, so we will be our nice. own thing entirely. But um, that's why we move locations every event. That's why we try to promote in every area that we can, right? Because we are not. We aren't a certain denomination of yeah, women. you're
0: not affiliated just with one place. No, and we're also,
1: because I'm in recovery, and most of my friends are in recovery, mm-hmm. um, we get mistaken for a recovery ministry. Right. Um, and we're not that either. Right. Um, not that we don't support recovery. We mm-hmm. do, um, but we aren't a recovery ministry. So it's very open for anybody, any, any walk of life, any stage, any belief system, We're all celebrating the big C, the big church. And see,
0: that's my belief now. As I've experienced my own kind of like church hurt and church politics Mm -hmm. and like, um, I don't know, drama. You know, there's drama. There's drama everywhere. Workplaces, anywhere, right? But the church is kind of like, you're supposed to be held to a higher standard as a leader Mm -hmm. um, and as a pastor. And Mm -hmm. it's tough. I don't know. There's... um...
1: Most churches have a lot of rules and regulations. There we go. And And who's
0: making those rules and regulations? That's, see, I'm naturally very defiant by nature. And so when I go to different churches, I'm very quickly like, is that a God rule or is that your church's rule?
1: Absolutely. And I'm
0: very loud mouth and I don't really hold back and Mm -hmm. I can't pretend like it doesn't bother me. There's just certain things that bother me, especially towards women.
1: Well, and we were discussing this before we started that we aren't women that fit in boxes.
0: No, no. Um, we I, use sarcasm as a way of coping, <laughs> and that's not yeah. normal for women. no. Yeah,
1: no. <laughs> well, I I feel like, and what I've learned in this last like year or so, especially, is that I'm led by, by the Spirit. I'm led by Jesus and, right. and what He's leading me to do. Do I walk perfectly? No, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Right. Um, I have to have people in my life that... Help me stay on. Yeah, on
0: path. same.
1: But what I've learned is that I would rather live up to the standards that I'm being called to with the Holy Spirit than the leadership of a church. Yeah. They are just—they are just <laughs> yeah. flesh and blood like I am. They are just humans like I am. Them being in a leadership position doesn't necessarily mean that they have all authority to speak into my personal walk
0: exactly
1: um again I do believe that leadership is there for a reason Mm -hmm. I believe that there's people as we're discussing that are appointed for leadership yeah totally God has called some of us to lead in different capacities Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, I find myself I don't put myself with one denomination I say I'm a Christian I'm a Christ follower I'm Mm -hmm. spirit led I don't consider myself to be a Baptist or a Lutheran or a Nazarene.
0: And see, some people won't agree with that. Right. Some people would be like, well, no.
1: I don't, you know, like we talked about. I don't care. I don't do well <laughs> with rules, you know? know. If God if God's convicting me to do something one way or the other, if God's telling me what I'm doing is not right, then I, I change it. I change the course. Same. I change direction. There's definitely people I have in my life that, They know my heart. They know my intention. I trust them. They speak life and love and light into me without telling me, you need to do this. Right. Um, And so that's where I've personally struggled with the church, the small C church. Me too. Um, But I also have come to terms with the fact that God has given us so many different churches for a reason. Mm Mm-hmm. And just because a certain church or a certain place doesn't work for me doesn't mean it doesn't work for other people. Right. And blessed for them and what they're doing. Um, But I have chosen to kind of follow more God's lead and finding places that are just being led by the Spirit. Right. They're not there to create all sorts of red tape around what our walk is supposed to look like. Um, It's not... For me, it's again less about what other people in the flesh. We all fall short. We're all sinners. Always. I don't care where you are at the church. I don't well, care there's a lot of hypocrites.
0: The higher you get up,
1: we we, we all fall. Mm-hmm. And um, if you tell me that your walk is better than my walk, yeah, I'm probably not going to take that. I. I Again, I don't walk perfectly right. by any means. I right. fall short every day. I still do things that probably don't make Jesus the most happy person oh, yeah. on the planet. But I every day I strive to love like Jesus loves. And that's my that's my walk. Is just right. trying to embody how Jesus walked on this earth. Obviously I'm not Jesus, but that's the kind of love I want to put out into the world. Right. And I need people around me that view their walk in the same way right so me too yeah that's kind of how
0: that's why I struggle anywhere I go because I start getting like I don't defiant it really Mm -hmm. is defiant because I have questions Mm -hmm. and the questions don't come with answers that are suitable in my opinion right they don't seem to be very truthful or honest or it's a half truth or it's like it's very it's hard for me I don't know that I'll ever find myself grounded in a church as hard as I was grounded in a church before like a home church Mm -hmm. and that might sound reckless to some Christians like you're supposed to plug in but I don't I like to go everywhere like I'm I'm so naturally free-spirited and I was talking about this the other day with Bobby like my 20s I try to box myself in like Mm -hmm. what am I supposed to be and what am I supposed to look like because you're young and you're immature and you're inexperienced you have no idea what you're supposed to be doing especially as a Christian I wasn't raised that way So it was really hard for me trying to figure out my place within a church. And I was always trying to perform. It was like I was always trying to Mm overperform and be accepted. And I was always trying to fit the mold. And I've done it twice now, hardcore, where I've tried to fit the mold. And I can't. Actually, Celebrate Recovery is the only place where I've gone and felt like I didn't have to fit a mold. I could just be Cassie, and I was accepted and loved. And so I've always appreciated that. And see, that's because Celebrate Recovery isn't – It's for everybody from everywhere to come. Yeah. It's the big C church, right? So it's like, that's my vibe for Mm -hmm. me personally. I don't feel comfortable going to a church where I'm super comfortable. Yeah. Because I get super comfortable in like that kind of chaos, that familiar... Church politics, I can get very comfortable in that place mm-hmm. and then I grow stagnant, yeah, and I don't grow in that place. Right. Some people love it, yeah. and that's their jam. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't love right now. We're at Bear Creek Church and we're checking it out and we're vibing there, yeah. and I love it. And the freaking worship is like, oh my, fire! Like, I've heard amazing I love things love it. about that church, right? And you know, you hear a lot of churches, a lot of churches that want you to stay will say language like, um they will make church shopping sound like really negative. Yeah. Or like if you step out of that church and you go visit another one, it's very like, they don't even know what to do with you. Right. And I'm very honest. You know, when we started checking out other churches, I would tell people I had no problem saying, this is feeling a little stuffy for me in these arenas. So I'm kind of checking out other places, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm like leaving or dissing this church. I'm just growing in a season where, this isn't really for me anymore. Yeah. You know, and so I, I struggle.
1: You touched on something that was a huge thing for me, uh, this year as I left the church that I'd been at for a really long time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, due to a lot of hurt and I knew I had to leave with the right posture of heart Mm. and something that the Lord really impressed upon me was exactly what you were just saying the church I went to served me in the season and it served me really well. Yes. It was exactly what I needed when I came there. They set an amazing foundation for me, right. for my kids. We had a safe place to go. Right? They served every single thing I needed in that season. Right. But I'm in a totally different season now. Same here. I yes. am not the same person I was when I first came. Mm-hmm. And so although it served me well then, it's no longer serving me and it's okay for me to move.
0: But you know what those churches will say? The language they'll use is that it's not about you. It's about Jesus. Right. They'll use that language to get you to like stay almost. I've heard that theme a lot where it's like, well, the church isn't, the music isn't to serve you or please you. And it's like, wait a second. It kind of sort of like, it needs to be though. Like I need to vibe with that music or else Mm -hmm. I don't, I feel dead inside. Like maybe I woke up on Sunday morning and I feel so dead inside. And if I hear your worship music, it makes me more miserable. So maybe I need to go to the church where the music fits who I am, where it's a little more like, you know, I don't know, R and B ish. Like I was raised with a certain type of music. So maybe that is better for me than like, you know, honky tonk, like Christian music. You know
1: what I mean? Well, and if you're leaving a church, you should feel your cup should be filled. I agree. I agree. In, in some capacity, right. if you're leaving feeling depleted...
0: Yeah, right. Or, like, worthless or, like, bad yeah, about yourself. I
1: feel like that's probably not where God wants you to be. Exactly.
0: And I can discern the difference between leaving, like, a sermon and being pissed off because, like, the pastor was right. Right. And God's trying to teach me Conviction. something. Conviction. Uh-huh. Or I'm leaving and I feel icky because your message is, like, it's not it. Like, it's just... Meh.
1: I'm also a vibey person. Me too. And I need to be in a place where... The vibe is right. Yeah. Um, And so I think for me, it's been important that I'm at a place where I feel peace and comfort where I'm at. Right. And the the other thing you said about things that, the the language that they use. Yes. The other thing you hear, because we've now kind of, we've moved a couple churches and we've landed at Gravity, which... It's silly because I was in my church all last year. I was in, in both places. And, right. And then I was like in church crisis or church identity <laughs> crisis. Like I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing. Right. And then we landed back at Gravity, which has always felt comfortable and warm and fuzzy to me. Right. Um, But the other th- the language the church will like to use if you explain to them like, we're just uncomfortable here. There's Mm -hmm. certain things going on that aren't working for us. So we're going to move. And they say that you're running from your problems. Mm. You're running from things like I'm Mm -hmm. not running. No, I I just need to know.
0: You just make me sick. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. You know
1: what I feel like that is though. (laughs) I feel like that's their own personal conviction. Yeah. That's them in their own struggles Mm -hmm. trying to evaluate like, as a leadership or whatever the yeah. case may be as a church body, what did we do to make these people not feel comfortable? Right. And I don't think it's that simple. No, I feel it's like not. it's more like this is good for you, but it's not good for us. And right. that's okay. It like, is okay. God made the whole body differently. Yes. We're all different. We all operate different. We right. all have different gifts and talents. We all Uh, communicate with the spirit differently. Exactly. And that's the beauty of being united under Christ is we're not all the same. Right. And so just because I don't want to be here because I'm not comfortable... It's not saying anything bad or negative about your church. It's right. just not for me. It's not for me. And that's okay.
0: Right. And the higher you get up in church as far as like leadership, if you do leadership in a church, mm-hmm. the more you know. Right. And I can't unknow what I know about you. Absolutely. And so if I lose respect, Absolutely. I, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. If I go into the church and I'm like, well, I don't want to see that person, that person, that, well, my heart's in an icky place. Yeah. I gotta remove myself. Yeah. Because then I'm going to say something unkind. Right. And it's going to be really bad. Right. Like, I gotta go. And you we know? have
1: to represent our walk with Jesus to the best of we have to
0: we have to and as I've grown older I've learned that saying less is better for me yeah I'm a mouthy person and so like if I get on my role right that's not gonna be good right it's just me and Bobby are both that way we're very Bobby brought this up like a year ago after we did about a year recovery he was like I've realized what we are we're defiant Mm -hmm. we push back everything is a pushback for us Everything is an automatic, I don't trust that. And we, it's trauma. Yeah. It's a trauma-based response where yeah. it's a constant pushback. Yeah. But it's like, I, I'm i am going to just have to assume that God created me to be more defiant for a reason.
1: Yeah. You there's know, a purpose it, for that. Right.
0: Because some women mm-hmm. are totally not. They're completely opposite of yeah. that. And that's who they're supposed to be. Yeah. But I cannot not be defiant. I, I can learn not to be disrespectful because there's a fine line between being disrespectful and defiant. I don't want to disrespect anybody. Right. But I just don't like when I have questions that come with no answer. Like I don't like when, if you're involved in a church and you have like curiosities and you have questions, you need things answered and, or I have a problem with something, there should be a conversation. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you just get shut down. And I think this is another thing that really bothers me. I like to complain about just everything, obviously today, (laughs) but it's like one, the the church stuff's hard for me, but, um, COVID, what COVID did in my opinion that I did not, I do not agree with. I will stand on a stage and scream it from the rooftops. You should not be talking about like who you voted for Mm -hmm. or your politics as a pastor. Agreed. I just don't think that somebody's church, you should not name a church and everybody in the community knows Oh, yeah, if you're a Democrat, don't step foot in that church. Absolutely. Even if you are a diehard thumper or whatever you want to be. Trumper. Sorry, not thumper. -er. (laughs) Trumper. Thumper, trumper, whatever. Same,
1: same. Same, same. (laughs) Whatever
0: you are, right? It's like, I don't, I don't, like, I don't want to know... I don't want to know that I didn't vote at all. I'm going to be honest. I didn't vote because I don't want the responsibility of voting. I don't want to have to defend who I vote Politics for. Politics is a mess right now. So Politics is just out. not yeah, like my jam. Like, like yeah, count. I don't care. I I'm don't care you. if you voted for Trump or I don't care who you vote for. Right. I'm I, I don't care. But anyways, long story short, it's like for me, that is so uncomfortable. And a lot of churches did that. A lot of churches mm-hmm. stepped up and made it very known what their political stance was, Absolutely. and that's other things that like I don't care for.
1: You know, I was just reading, and this kind of goes in line with that. I I agree with that fully and completely. Yeah. Um, I don't think personal opinions belong at the pulpit. Like when you're preaching, Same. it should be Jesus. the word of God. Mm-hmm. You preach whatever you want that's mm-hmm. coming directly out of the Bible. Do that. Right. But your personal opinion shouldn't enter the chat like that doesn't that doesn't no, belong there no also and this is where I've been lately in my walk um because I think Christians notoriously get a bad name for being haters um
0: oh judgmental right those things
1: there's certain things that for some reason Christians seem to believe it's okay to judgment or condemn other people because they're living a life that doesn't align with what their belief systems are. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's been another reason that I struggle with this small C church.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Our calling in Christ is to love others. Right. We gotta love God. We gotta love others. We aren't it's not our job to condemn or to convict. Mm-hmm. That is not at all our job. Mm-hmm. We are supposed to... No, I don't believe that we're supposed to come alongside sin and enable it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what we're supposed to do. I think but we need to shine light on areas of darkness and then allow the Holy Spirit to come in and convict right. and, and readjust and realign accordingly. Right. Um, but for some reason... Somewhere along the line, I I don't want to say Christians as a whole, but there has been this like entitlement that certain Mm. Christians have to, you're not living the way the Bible says and Mm. I get to hate on you for that Mm -hmm. and I get to judge you for that and Mm -hmm. I get to condemn you for that and you're living in sin and I get to Mm. just be mean about that and I'm like, (laughs) show me. In the Bible where it says that that's acceptable. That is not what we're called to do. We're all sinners. Every single one of us. I don't care if your sin is all the way over here or all the way over here. We all sin. And we all have to take that up with Jesus on our own. And so that's where another place I've really struggled in the church is like you've said. Like political... You find that most churches are more on the conservative of course, side. Right.
0: That Some people would even argue and say you can't be I've heard this, you can't mm-hmm. be a, um a Democrat and a Christian. You can't be a liberal and a Christian. Yes. Right. But I'm less
1: about it goes I mean, we're gonna full circle back because I'm less about the rules and the regulations. I'm more about like if somebody is living in a way that you think is not in alignment with the Word of God, Mm -hmm. don't you think it would be better to show them the love of Jesus so that they feel welcome to come to Christ and to come to church and to make fellowship with other Christians versus being a hater... And then they're like, I don't want anything to do. If this is Christ, if this is what Christ looks like, I don't want any part of that. Right. That's ugly. Mm -hmm. That makes me feel horrible. Mm -hmm. I don't want. Makes me hate myself. The word we keep using is hate. Yes. Because that's what I was going to
0: say. The politics, the COVID when it happened and the way it all happened, it was hatred. Yeah. And it's like there's no place in the church for hatred. No. As soon as I sniff out the hatred, Mm -hmm. I'm out. I, I can't. And that's been that's hard for who me I too am. because I'm like,
1: I, in the same respect as I don't want people treating me this way, mm-hmm. I also have to respect where you are. If your mm-hmm. opinions are much different than mine, mm-hmm. I still have to love you. Yeah. And so I've been really working on that. That's actually a good point. Yeah. Trying to like, okay, I don't want you to judge me or my beliefs. Mm-hmm. And in the same respect, I can't judge your beliefs. Right. Even if I don't agree with them, I have to just let you work that out with Jesus we don't know who, when we get to, to the feet of the cross, I could be right. They could be right. I don't know. Who knows? Right, Ultimately, exactly. we're right. all going to have to deal with our stuff when we get there. So, in the meantime, I'm just going to...
0: We have Bella on set. <laughs> Making little noises. Mm, she's so cute. I'm gonna, She is so cute. I'm going to try my best to love... Like Jesus did. And that's what I was going to say. If you look at Jesus's life, there was no hate. No. There was no, he didn't hate people because of their sin. No. And I think what what happened though, is that like the whole COVID thing happens and everything booms, right? It's almost like the, the, the blinders are taken off of everybody's Mm -hmm. eyes Mm -hmm. and some people just lost their shit. Like they couldn't Mm -hmm. handle, especially the church, the American church the the big issues like the social issues in society mm-hmm. they didn't know how to handle it so it was an instant shunning
1: well everybody was... got
0: comfortable behind their screens yes too yes they did they got real cozy back yes, there they, they forgot did. we
1: would be face to face again exactly. one day exactly <laughs> and they said a
0: lot of bold things yeah and that's where i started to kind of shut down with yeah. like i'm at a place now where i'm like i don't know what where i kind of like fit in mm-hmm. I don't think I like I said celebrate recovery I always feel good there there's yeah. no level of like I don't belong here I belong there yeah. but see that's because like we said we're pulling from all different places yeah. and I love broken people yeah. like I just that's what I like Same. I cannot stand people who are like I'm perfect and I, I don't struggle and I yep. yeah and I yep. have I can't I don't vibe with that because I, I really. for one I know it's not true <laughs> yeah. and for two it's like uh, We're
1: just messy and we are messy. We are messy.
0: And we we overshare and we talk a lot and we're sarcastic and we're not everybody's cup of tea. No. You know?
1: It's fine. (laughs) You're not my cup of tea either, out there, people. I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) But see, my problem is I love everyone. Yeah, same. And I was telling Bobby, I said, I don't really know what Christian mold I fit into because I love, I don't care who you are, who you love, what you're doing in your free time, what. I don't care. I just like Mm -hmm. love people. I love people's stories. I love hearing about how people got to the place in their life they did, whether they're a wreck or they're not. When I see homeless people, I just want to hug them and be like, "Are you okay?" Where the rest of society wants to take away their homes and treat them like crap, like I'm just the total opposite. Absolutely. I'm like, why am I living in this world in this time? I guess because I need to speak up and and take a stand for what I believe in.
1: There's a purpose for it. For sure. There's a purpose for it when you're
0: when you're when you're different than just like the norm. Yeah. And it's hard. You know, I've, I'm speaking of homeless people. I have, like, been around Christians who hate homeless people. And it's like, I don't understand how those two go together.
1: The thing is, is it's an a ignorance factor. It's they don't like what they don't understand. Right. And if you can't get in the trenches and understand what mental illness looks like what addiction looks like what alcoholism looks like there's so many factors it's not as easy as they make it out to be like these people are homeless they're useless they don't have any any purpose or any drive or any motive but there's so many other layers and so many other factors to it and we don't have enough resources to address all of the things going on
0: I know like for me personally and this is a bold statement but it's like you know, I'm married and Bobby has always been like the provider financially. There have been times in my life where I have been so low that I wouldn't have been able to like work and provide for my family because of my mental health issues. And mine aren't even as bad as most people, but like I have been in such deep, dark places for a long period of time, long periods of time where it's like I fully shut down Mm -hmm. and who knows where I could have ended up. Can you right. imagine and
1: if you're in that situation and you had no family? That's you what had I'm Nobody to help you out. Of that's it, what I'm saying. And that's, what would you
0: do? That's why I tell people about homeless yeah. people. Like you have no freaking mm-hmm. clue right. what they have been through. Right. I've actually sat around and talked to homeless people because I actually do care. I, yeah. I, I, I want to understand. Yeah. But that's me. I want right. to understand. Right. You know, I, I, I think when you've experienced your own rock bottoms, mm-hmm. or you come from the tough situations and yeah. tough backgrounds and um, addict parents. And my, you know, luckily I asked my dad's permission, but it's like, you know, because mm-hmm. you've been around for the journey yeah. that he went to program for four months and got clean, um, off of drugs. And it's like, so that's how I was raised. Right. I was raised in, a, you know, it was very chaotic and yeah. money was tight. A lot of the time mm-hmm. money was tight and mm-hmm. the electricity is going off and we don't have food and, mm-hmm. and we're struggling. And my dad always pulled it back together, but it's like, Maybe when you've been at those lows in life, maybe that's why I'm empathetic. And other people have been so privileged that they have no idea. Well, Cassie,
1: I mean, you know my story also. Yeah. And I was a raging alcoholic for years, and we were evicted, and we lived in the Motel 6, and if it wasn't for the fact that I had family here to take us in... I would have... I was technically homeless. Like yes, you were. I didn't have a home. Yeah. Right. Um, no, I wasn't living on the streets. I was pregnant with two babies and a, a 10-year-old, you right. know. So, like, it can happen to anybody.
0: Anybody. Anybody
1: could end up anybody. in that
0: situation. You, I just... I And I don't get the, like, entitlement of, like, right. Oh, never. Right. That wouldn't be me. It's a lack of understanding. It is, and a lack of empathy. Mm-hmm. That's, like, Bobby's big word is empathy. Is like... Yeah nobody has empathy for each other anymore. It's just an instant judgment. Of course. Right. Totally. And hatred. The the hate is hard for me. Me too. I I don't, the amount of energy it takes to be that hateful and then to see it in church. And like you said, I know like we're all sinners, but like I I can't, I can't vibe with that. Mm -hmm. I'm cause it'll take me down. It'll get me into a place where I'm hating and I have judgments and I'm angry. And it's like, I I can't let me
1: just say I am a judgmental person Oh, me too I absolutely try my best not to be but like I was having a conversation (laughs) with my boyfriend earlier today and I was like I know I probably shouldn't be judging but I'm going to talk to you about this because I need to get this out of my system oh yeah yeah. because I'm sitting here judging hard Mm -hmm. what they're
0: going through and I just need
1: somebody to like Bring me back down to Well, we have to be
0: humbled back to where we've been (laughs) before in the past, right? right? right. It's like we've all been there.
1: And this doesn't affect me, so why is it affecting me? Right. Um, So I say all these things from a I mess up point of view. I am not perfect. Exactly. My walk is not perfect. I don't claim to have a perfect walk. Anybody who talks to me for any amount of time knows, like, I struggle I no, you up. say flat
0: out that you're a hot mess. And, like, All the time. You own it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and this is the thing, like you said about CR, that I love about CR, is that I can come there with my mess and say, look, it, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm working on right now. And they say, okay, we love you. Let's, let's get to the root of it. Let's work right. on it. There's no shunning. No. Um, Even when I came to the table that I was smoking weed like a year and a half ago. Right. And I had to step out of leadership. It didn't come from a place of hatred. No, Um, At the time I took it as that, for sure.
0: Um, (laughs) Well, that's us. We're going to be a little defensive. I was real
1: (laughs) mad. Um,
0: (laughs) Real bitter.
1: Um, But I realize now I look back on it like Steve... I can say his first name. I won't say his last name.
0: I did. I talked about him yesterday. We'll know who he is. (laughs) It
1: doesn't matter. Um, Steve is, he truly cares about what our walk looks like. Mm, Yeah. And so when I told him, I can see now that I just, I broke his heart. Like it made him hurt that I was in that position Mm -hmm. that I felt like I couldn't talk to them or I was going through it and I wasn't talking to them and so what what i took as them hating on me was mm. actually steve just being hurt that this is where i was at he doesn't mm. he didn't want to see me fall exactly and now i see that and he just, he walked through that whole thing. And he knows, I mean, we joke about it all the time. Like, I was, I just was so mad at you. Like, I just It's funny that,
0: how you guys joke about you it. You were though.
1: the enemy, you know. We um, were the enemy. <laughs> you, were, you were the one. Yeah. It was your fault. Um, but it, now, I mean, we're stronger. We're stronger now than I could have ever anticipated. Exactly. Because you know? of that experience. When I that tough love. When I go through struggles, I call Steve. When I'm struggling with hard things, like, I call him. And he's he's a truth teller in my life and it mm-hmm. never ever ever not one time came from a place of like pointing his finger at me no. and saying how dare you that was right. not even the thing right I took it as that because of course. I was feeling convicted and I knew what I was doing wasn't what I should have been doing mm-hmm. but it wasn't anything he impressed upon me he just got to be the one I projected all my anger onto. right right and he took it with Stride, and, <laughs> and he took it real well. Um, and we had many hard conversations where I would have to call him and just like crying, like and it just pouring my guts out to him. And you, I feel like for me, I have to be in a place where there are people around me that I can come to with all my mess.
0: Oh, me too.
1: And that will just say, "I love you," and and how. Not leave me there. I'm not saying... I don't need co-signers in my life to come along and co-sign my bullshit. I have those people too and I know who they are when yeah. I just need to be called. You know who to call. <laughs> yeah. For what? Right. I know who, when I need to be coddled who's my yes. people. But um, I have people in my life that I know if I tell them something, they're going to be honest with me because they love yeah, me. Right. And right. they know my heart and they know where I want to be. And it's not coming out a place of judgment or condemnation. But coming out of a place of okay, how are we going to get you to where you need to be?
0: Right, right.
1: When you got the farts? Oh, not you, Cassie, the baby.
0: Oh, it's okay. Oh. We both do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, what is
0: it, then? So shifting gears a little bit, um, explain to people who don't understand like celebrate oh, yeah. recovery. Explain what that program is and like recover like what is recovery and why are you involved in recovery? Oh. Sure. So,
1: um, in 2014, just like a spot check testimony, in 2014, <laughs> um, CPS entered my life and took my kids from me because I was drinking when I was pregnant with my youngest. Um, and so, I had to. I was in rehab for six months, and then an outpatient program after that for six months. So it took us right. about a year in drug court to to get the kids back in in my custody. Um, And during that time, I was attending AA and NA meetings, um, which are, you know, pretty much everybody's familiar with what Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous are. Um, And so Celebrate Recovery is similar. However, Celebrate Recovery... uh, When you go to Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, they are not... This is a common misconception. They are not a faith-based group. So you... A lot of people say, I don't want to go to AA because I don't believe in Jesus. Um, But what what AA does, which I love about AA, is that it meets you where you're at. They don't require that you are a Christian. Um, They actually leave their program open for everybody for that reason. They just encourage you to find a higher power. Because if you're leaning on yourself for your recovery then you're making yourself your own God. And that's a right. very slippery slope. Um, so they just ask that you have a higher power in general. Whatever that looks like, whatever that means to you. That doesn't mean that Jesus isn't in AA or NA. That's exactly. another misconception. Mm-hmm. He very much is. Um, Celebrate Recovery is a 12-step program for anyone with any kind of hurts, habits, hang-ups. So... Even if you've never struggled with an addiction or alcoholism to substance, um, there's a lot of people in Celebrate who- Recovery who are codependent, right. um, overeaters, gamblers, sex addicts. Um, <laughs> I would say, like literally every single person in the whole entire world would utilize would be able to utilize Celebrate oh, yeah, Recovery. Definitely, we all have hurts, habits, hangups. Every single one of us does. Right. Um, but it is very much a Christ-based program. Right. So it's the 12 steps, but we relate all the steps, and we have biblical scriptures that go with all the steps. We, we understand in Celebrate Recovery that we lean on Jesus Christ to get us through. Um, we have to do the step work, but Jesus is the one leading and guiding us. So that's kind of the difference. Um, and I ended up at Celebrate Recovery... In 2019, and I was five years sober at the time, um, it was 100% spirit-led that I ended up there. Um, I went to support a friend. Um, I didn't think I needed it. I had maintained (laughs) five years of sobriety. (laughs) That was your friend's
0: (laughs) trick to get you there. (laughs) Uh, You know, it was
1: Jesus the whole way. Um, We were at a women's camp. I had told her um, I would go with her and support her and her walk. She was having some um, eating... Issues and things of that nature. And so I encouraged her to go to Celebrate Recovery. Um, And while we were at this women's camp, they said, you know, a couple of our friends said, hey, we invited her into our 12-step study. We just started. Would you like to join us in that as well? And I was just kind of like, sure, you know, why not? Right. Um, And I did, and it was pivotal. Um, At that point in my life, I was in an abusive marriage with no end in sight. I had kind of come to terms with like, this is the bed I made. Like mm. I ended up in this marriage and it oh. was never great from the beginning. Like it wasn't right. great when we were, before we were married and it's not great now, but I made this decision. Um, and so when I started working my 12 steps, um, I was highly focused on my codependency mm. and it was somewhere in that journey. Um, I believe we started in April and it was around December that my friend said the light just clicked on where I realized that I had no control over him and what right. he did. And because my prayers had always been that he needed to change. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's the one with the problem. So like, Lord, right. change him. Make sure that you deal with this because mm. then our marriage will be great and wonderful. But somewhere in that. 12-step study, really focusing on how codependent I was, I realized, like, I have no control over him and what he does and what his decisions are, but I have control over myself right. within it. And so my prayer changed. I started really focusing on, like, okay, if, if he's not going to change, change me within this situation because this is no way to live. Um, and it was... 2020. Obviously, we had the shutdown, and it was May of 2020 that he ended up leaving. Um, and we we'd done the leave and get back together thing many times, right? Um, but that time, because of the 12 steps, because I was in Celebrate Recovery, I was able to say, "You're not coming back. I'm done. Like this is it." And uh, I changed the locks. Nice. And he didn't come back. And it was. 100% 100% God. Um, so that's kind of how I landed there. I still am very active at Celebrate Recovery. Um, I am back in leadership at Celebrate Recovery. I'm actually teaching the lesson tomorrow night, which has been just mm-hmm. so amazing. What's it going to be on tomorrow? Amends. Making amends. Oh, which oh is my. Which always that's, a fun one. You know, that's
0: not my favorite. <laughs> I've done it wrong, too. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Amends is not, like, I, man. The, fa- the fact that you can't say I'm sorry, but, yeah, that's where I shut down. I'm like,
1: ah. So this is, I was already thinking today, I was praying about it, and I was like, okay, I have to start the lesson by letting people know, like, if you're just coming into recovery.
0: You're not making amends yet. Don't run out and start making amends. Yeah. That's not, this is, this is step not. eight. The, right. There's a
1: reason it's step eight, because you have yeah. to be in a position that you understand that, all you're doing when you're making your amends is taking responsibility for your own actions. Yes. You're not going in with an expectation that you're gonna get an apology in return. Right. You're not going with expectation that they're even gonna accept your apology. Because right. there might have been bridges burned that people are like, I'm not willing to even meet you in this. I'm yeah. not willing to I yeah, don't you've totally. broken my trust too many times. in
0: pride too will get in the way.
1: Absolutely. Um so it's not something you just jump into. People get No,
0: it's like it's like a it's a new language you have to learn. making amends you know it's not going to come natural to anybody
1: and you have to be strong enough to recognize that like for me I did a lot of really horrible things in my addiction Mm. and there might be people that are really hurt by that and just because I'm in recovery doesn't mean they're in recovery yes so just because I'm trying to change and do better doesn't mean that they're in a position that a they want to forgive me because they're hurt and they're burned
0: or be that they have the capacity to do so. That's what I learned is that people often don't have the capacity. And I'm not better because I've learned no. you know when me and Bobby when our lives just totally got dismantled, it was like okay, we have to step into this whole new world, one mm-hmm. that we're both not very comfortable or familiar with, except mm-hmm. especially Bobby. So it's like recovery becomes a theme of our entire life. Mm-hmm. And we start learning new language and we start learning mm-hmm. things about ourselves and we start growing and changing and evolving. Well, then we start judging. Yeah. Then it was like, well, that couple over there, right. why haven't they got it together? Mm-hmm. And that couple over there, why are they divorcing when they can figure this out? And, oh, that couple over there, like, you idiots, this is what you're supposed to be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you kind of start getting on, you know, your high horse, especially yeah. with your spouse. You're going to have these, like, brutal conversations about other people, yeah. you know? And so we had to stop at one point and be like, Ooh, yeah. like what are we talking about? Like, right. look who we were a couple of years ago. Come on. Like people have not learned that language and maybe they haven't been forced into that recovery. Really. It's like when you get to that rock bottom it's do or die. When yeah. people choose to enter recovery, it's because you probably have no other options left. There's n- there's recovery, nothing else.
1: Recovery is humility at its core. Oh my god, it it will humble you to, yeah. It's being able to just be the most humble yep. person that you can be.
0: I needed that. Yeah. I needed to be humbled. Same. Really same. really bad.
1: Yeah, same. I um also feel like so I I do talk about my divorce a lot and I I know that The little C church loves to say that the church hates divorce. I know that. I get it. I was,
0: it's so funny you say this because me and Bobby did an episode yesterday and I was like, Ooh, like we said some stuff about like divorce and relation, like relationships. So we were just talking about this yesterday and, and how the church, how people come to us and like, they should get divorced, but people in the church don't want to tell them that because. God wants, he's for marriage. The so what is, is your thoughts on like when you went through your divorce? What yeah, I was loved, there judgment? I love talking about this. Yeah. I
1: got highly judged at the church I was at because of my divorce. Um, but I also know that it wasn't God's plan for me to get divorced. He lined things up perfectly. So when my ex-husband left, I had a job. I mean, we were in COVID, but I had just started working two months before the shutdown So I was able to get the COVID unemployment because I had my own job, which prior to that, I was a stay-at-home mom. I had no income. And so that's why being able to separate from him never worked out because I didn't have an income and I had all my kids. Um, He left. So I had the apartment, which is where my kids were. Um, So we were able to stay in in our home and I was able to stay there with the kids. I didn't have to displace them. So, those were two factors that were huge. Yeah, that is. Um, And then, this was in May, and in June, my mom bought, um, she was preparing for her retirement. She bought a modular home with her 401k, Mm -hmm. so that she could retire and be able to afford to live out her days. Um, And so, we were able to move into her house, which is a three-bedroom house, me and my four kids, Um, and so, in a great neighborhood. Um, right in between my dad and my brother. Um,
0: so God trip.
1: <laughs> literally started just raining down blessings on right. me.
0: To make it happen. And I
1: knew that that was the Lord saying, like, you don't have to be in an abusive marriage anymore. So, right. yes, the church and and I, I am not an advocate of divorce. I am We aren't either. an advocate of... Redeem marriages and restoration and working Mm -hmm. it through. I am 100% like all for marriage. But you
0: both have to want to change. Yes. That can't be
1: one person doing it. No. Both people aren't on board. I'm not saying if you're unhappy because your husband doesn't do laundry or dishes. No, we're not talking about. Not at all. That's not what We're talking about serious stuff. I was in an abusive marriage where I was verbally and emotionally abused Daily, right there was no love, no respect, no honor. My children were, were witnessing all of it, right? There wasn't like an absolute ton of physical abuse, which I know is some people's story, but there was bullying, there was some physical abuse, right? God did not have a plan for me, his daughter, to stay in a marriage
0: Amen. where my husband
1: was had no intention of changing whatsoever, right? He's a narcissist, right? And this was. Something he could not take accountability or responsibility for his actions. Right. And the Lord knew that I had done every single thing in my power to try to maintain that relationship. But I couldn't be the only one working. Right. So I know that in my divorce, God freed me from it in his timing. I prayed for years for God to get me out of it. It's not like wow. I prayed one day and then the next day he you freed out, me. Right? That's not how it worked. It's not how it works at all. And I had come to terms with this is just what I'm going to do for the rest of my life because this is the cross I bear, right? The murder that <laughs> I, <laughs> right, I am. Right. But God God had bigger and better plans for me. He just had to align things perfectly. And so now, again, I don't... I always say this when I share my testimony. I don't... I'm not out here saying, if you're unhappy, go get a divorce.
0: No. No.
1: I'm saying that in certain circumstances, God will bless you in a divorce. And exactly. it's not, like, the ideal. It's not the number one option. Absolutely not. Um, It's I, a tragedy.
0: It's you, tragic going through divorce. But I
1: also, when I got married, I did not pray for god's blessing mm. um we were in this rotating system of getting sober getting our kids back and so we were just in this constant wheel of motion of doing the next right thing
0: mm. and
1: so for me we had five kids together i had i had we were his mine and ours so right. i have a stepson i have four kids right we had five kids total Um, I mean, that alone
0: is enough stress on a marriage, too.
1: And we got sober. (laughs) And so the next right thing for us was to get married and to raise Mm. our children and be a family. Like, that was just the next right thing. Right. Looking back, that was never in God's plan. Right. That was was your plan. Yeah, that was never what he had for me. But I just thought, like, well, we already have all these kids and now we're sober And so we're going to get married and everything's going to be beautiful and lovely Mm. and rainbows and kittens and all the things. But he wasn't
0: willing to make the changes.
1: No. And I, I was just overlooking all the red flags. Of course. Which
0: women do often because I think a lot of women want to get married and have the family. That's what they desire. That's what I wanted. Right.
1: I wanted us to be able to get married and raise our kids together. And and we we think that
0: taking the action of marriage is going to be this big, significant change when it's literally a couple hours and you're married and, and that's, That doesn't change anything.
1: And he never had, I was saying this to somebody recently, Mm -hmm. like, it's not like we had this amazing courtship and (laughs) then we got married (laughs) and it was like, what happened? Right, right. It was horrible the whole time. We were in our disease together. So you should
0: have known that marriage was not the next right step. All the
1: red flags were there. Right. Right. It was never a great relationship ever. And, but I just was like. La di da with my little blinders yeah, on. Like, I get it. I'm not gonna see this, everything's gonna be great. Right. We have all these kids, we're gonna get married and, and it's gonna, gonna be like the Brady Bunch. Yeah. But that's not that wasn't my story. Right. Um so So tell
0: me this for a woman because I've i I've you know, Bobby and I have mentored couples and talked to couples and um we're not advocates for divorce either, but mm-hmm. we always talk about people do deserve happiness in their Absolutely. life and joy. And I don't think God wants anybody in an, abu- an abuse of marriage. Right. No. And you'll hear people say, well, the Bible says that adultery is the only reason that, you know, you should leave. But abuse is a re- a reason to leave and is mm-hmm. emotional abuse enough of a reason to leave. And I say, yes, emotional abuse is still abuse. And so I talk to women mm-hmm. who are walking this fine line of like, well, my husband isn't cheating and like, he hasn't put hands on me, but he puts me down every day and tells me I'm not good enough and doesn't encourage me and, you know, th- threatens me and belittles me. That's, that's abuse. Absolutely. I have to tell women like you are being abused. Absolutely. And if he doesn't want to change, that is grounds to divorce. Just because Nancy Sue at, at church on Sunday morning said it wasn't, doesn't mm-hmm. mean that's true.
1: So the Bible, cause you know, I'm always going to bring it back to the Bible, <laughs> right? <laughs> People love to get hung up on the Bible where it says uh, wives submit to your husbands. Mm-hmm. Right? They get they get real hung up on that. I know. That they word. sure do. Submit. Okay. Icky. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, girl. And you know you know me. I'm highly independent. And I'm highly like, I'm a feminist, girl power. Right. Girls can rule this world if they, they want to. They do rule this world, girl. Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know... Uh, I am in a healthy relationship now and we are not engaged, but we, we talk about marriage and what that would look like for us. Yeah. And I've told him multiple times, I don't get hung up on wives well, submit to your husband. Yeah. Biblically, it's a beautiful thing the way God created it. Because right. there's another calling that people forget, mm-hmm. and it's husband loves your love your wives as Christ loves the church.
0: Amen. What sister. did Christ do
1: for the church? He gave his life.
0: Mm. He hung
1: on a cross for the church. Mm-hmm. He
0: died. So why are the men missing that that scripture? <laughs> so
1: if, if if you're loving me the way you're called to love me, yeah. and if you're giving your life mm-hmm. for me and for our family, right. why would I have any issue submitting to you right because i know you're not going to abuse that power right you're going to do nothing but to make the best decisions that you can for our family Yeah. you're going to be in constant communication with the lord and what his calling is for you and honestly girl being a single mom it takes off so much pressure off of me to have to make all of the choices oh
0: i can't even i can't even imagine you
1: make the choices you're the leader in this right now yeah you you make the choices, and I can trust that you're making all the right choices because I know that you're conferring with God first, right. And I know you're you're holding out your end of the deal, right? Which is to love me as Christ loved the church. You're being asked to die for our family.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just Every being day. asked
1: to submit to you, just like I would submit to Jesus. And if exactly. Jesus is working through you in our marriage, then you have
0: no problem submitting,
1: and none whatsoever,
0: right? None. But whatsoever. how many men are are even? Trying. And this is comes
1: back to your question about emotional abuse. Right. You're not carrying out your end of the deal.
0: If you're putting your thumb on
1: me, if you're you're making me live under your thumb, if you're bad mouthing me Mm. or talking down to me, and God forbid we have kids that are seeing this, do you know what that's doing to them? Right. They now think if 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 you have sons, they think this is how they treat their wives. If you have daughters, they think this is how they and then just continues each generation. No, thank you. Hard pass
0: on that. Exactly.
1: So I believe you give it every effort to restore. I mean, you and Bobby are an amazing testimony of what it can look like when you fight through and you work together. Yeah, God will restore one hundred percent. I believe that
0: and make it even better. I believe
1: that fully. Yep, but if if you've done everything in your power and it's just not it and God is giving you a way out follow God like Amen. I, I think that's the only reason it worked well for me is I waited for God to align it yeah and once God had it aligned it was like this right. is my t- this is my time right. and I went for it and I have not looked back um and so I don't feel like divorce is the story for everybody no but I believe in certain circumstances even if there is no infidelity in my relationship there was also infidelity but right. even if that's not in your story right you you should not ever have to have somebody talking down to you or belittling you gaslighting you none of that is no, acceptable
0: at it's all. it's not
1: and I also am a, a <laughs> I'm also a huge advocate for separation I think you don't have to go from being married to divorced. You can go from being married to living in separate spaces. Yeah. Because sometimes physical separation helps. To reflect. And both of you get clear heads. Mm -hmm. And you both Mm -hmm. can like really work on yourselves individually. Right. Right.
0: And, and God's working together. on you, though. Absolutely. If God wants it to be a separation, a separation turned into a divorce, then that's where your hearts are going to turn. Right. And then that's going to end. Right. But if God wants you guys to come together and fix it, you're going to come together and fix it. And don't get separated and then start sleeping with
1: everybody in sight. Because yeah. that's also not that's helping. That's not, that's, yeah, that's not, that's not <laughs> yeah. it either. You yeah. know?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. um, I just feel for the women out and the men. There's men who are also in relationships where they're miserable and I and can't abused. imagine an a ab- Yeah. Let's not forget that men are being abused Absolutely. too. Absolutely, and, and I know nobody wants to talk about that or take that serious, but because they don't talk
1: about it, because they no. feel like they can't, because I know. they're supposed to be the men, and it's like no. Bobby no, talks about um, toxic too.
0: masculinity, and yeah. we talk all about. I'm gonna we're gonna do a Ugh. podcast episode on it. I that's love to Fire people yeah, up, but yeah. I
1: love it. I love it. I'm I like, love it too. I think that one of the most attractive things.
0: Oh no. He's gonna,
1: he's gonna kill me. No, he's not. He's, he's good. But my boyfriend is not in a, he's not the man that has to feel like he has to be like the toughest, most rockish, like can't show emotion type person. He, he is very much a man, but I love that him and I can have intimate conversations. Oh yeah. He's feeling all the emotions Right, and it's Beautiful
0: yes. to watch. Yes. Like,
1: it doesn't make him any less masculine. And that's what
0: Bobby talks about.
1: Because he's in touch with his feelings and he right. can talk and actually have feelings.
0: So, like, if you're with a man that doesn't have any emotional intelligence, That's that's not good. That's yucky. Why why would you want a man that can't express how he feels? Who who just uh, they just get angry. That's what I was gonna say. They express it. It just comes out as the Hulk
1: and it it comes out in rage. I can't. No thanks. You can't even
0: articulate how you feel. Yeah, like too grown for that. I'm good. I'm
1: good. And it's crazy that
0: men get away with it. They walk away. They storm out. They growl. They grunt. They blame you. I ain't doing all that.
1: But you know what? This is something I've realized, too, in my recovery journey is, like, I always thought that that's how men were,
0: period. Oh, that sucks.
1: I thought men were ragey. Like, I didn't have any other experience, but that men rage, that's Mm. what they do. And it wasn't until very recently that I realized, like...
0: Men can be gentle.
1: they, They can still, like... They can still be upset about things and angry about things and have big feelings about things without raging out. Yeah. I didn't even. I that's honestly so sad. didn't
0: even know that that was a thing. If you're like a raging powder, why would anybody want to sleep with you? You're just a raging, pouting that's a whole mess. Other podcast. I'm sorry. Girl. Yeah, but it's like if you are vulnerable and yeah. in touch with your feelings, like yeah. that's going to take us to a whole deeper level of intimacy and love, and that's what Bobby and I shared. It yeah. unlocked everything when it was like mm-hmm. he talks about how we had great communication, but we were like lying, like we were. Masking how we felt truly to not hurt the other person. Yeah. When you can finally get down to the nitty gritty and say what you are truly feeling, yeah. how the person's making you feel, yeah. and you can work through those issues, yeah. that's attractive. Yeah. Men, if you want a, a, a wonderful sexual intimate relationship with your wife, that's how you get there. Absolutely. You talk about how you feel. You Absolutely. don't growl and pout. We. What? And see. And
1: now I'm still
0: learning. I Are you learning how to not growl and pout? No, I'm just no, kidding. I'm just kidding. The opposite.
1: Like, I'm learning now how to express myself. You're right. Because I was not allowed to do that. And so oh, now wow. things come up and it's like, Stephanie, I know you're going through something. What is it? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I shut down.
0: See, I was very much like that at the beginning of recovery. Mm-hmm. I would shut down. If I got, like, asked a question and I didn't want to deal with it mm-hmm. or I didn't want... No, 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 no. This isn't about me. Let's talk about you and your problems, not me. Yeah, I I am very much shut down. And I don't, I don't, I've worked through it now. You're probably better at it now, right? Yeah,
1: I am. And also now because we've been together for a little over six months officially. But we've been, we kind of started a friendship almost a year ago now. So... With being together, you start learning that he's a safe place.
0: That's that exactly what you create. Yes. And I
1: bring hard things to the table or big feelings I'm having or triggers mm. that come up mm. to the table. I know that he's safe to come to with those things. He's See, not going to yeah, make that's me feel a good bad. Point. And Safety. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's what I'm learning and I'm definitely shut down I like to process I like to realize like okay am I being dramatic is this a trigger is this really the way that he is he doing something that's that now I'm having a feeling about right um but he's very much like I don't want to let this linger. Mm. I want to talk about this now. I want to get this out of the way. So do
0: you, so then, because I do this where I get quiet Mm -hmm. and then it might take me days to process it. Mm -hmm. That's how I am. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I wasn't like that before. I was very responsive and argumentative before. Right. Now through recovery, I've kind of, I get quieter and I need time to process it, but my brain doesn't. I can't really articulate the way Bobby can how I'm feeling in that moment. Right. I have to step back because like you said, the big feelings, I have big feelings and big emotions and and a lot of of thoughts in my head that I have to work out slowly or else it doesn't come out well.
1: Also, I don't... And that's the thing. Like, I don't want to... Because I recognize that a lot of things still come up that are triggers that aren't really him. It's me oh, projecting me mm-hmm. old things onto him. Right. This isn't even something that he's really done. Um. So I'm always cautious about the way I word something. Because I would hate to make him feel bad about something that isn't even him. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. he is sensitive. So if he knows he's hurt me, he's going to want to do something to... To make that better. Right. Um, and so I always... I'm. What I'm learning is that I can articulate what I'm feeling mm. in a way that's like, this is what I'm feeling, but I don't know if this is actually something that you've done or if I just got triggered because of something in the past, but I owe him... Something. The respect of telling him what I'm feeling and not just giving him the silent treatment because now he's making up all these worst case scenarios in his head because he doesn't know what it is if I don't express it to him. Right. And he's just been very patient and understanding of the emotional roller coasters and the trauma that I have from Mm -hmm. my past that I go through and they're a 100% getting better. Right. And we can talk about it. I Again, I know now that he's a safe place to go and he's never going to make me feel bad about having a feeling about something. Exactly. Um, And the same in reverse. Um, You know, I'm not the only one that goes through hard things. Right. It's
0: not all about us. Yeah. (laughs) And
1: it's nice when he can come to me and be like, I didn't want to talk to you about this because I didn't want to make you feel a certain type of way. Right. And I'm like, okay, I love you. And maybe that was uncomfortable for me. And maybe I didn't love that conversation we had to have. Right. But I'm glad we were able to have that conversation. Isn't it crazy
0: when you find someone that you're able to talk with like that, though? Yeah. He's my best friend. Yeah, it's a whole. Oh yeah, it's like this whole new life that we're living now, where we actually say what we really feel. Yeah, and I don't have to worry about like hurting your feel. I know I'm gonna hurt your feelings. Right. You know I'm probably gonna hurt your feelings, but that's all off the table now. It's not now, malicious, right? No, not at all. But it's right. like this is so on. This is as honest as we can get, and right. as raw as it's gonna get. Mm-hmm. I truly credit recovery for that, though. There's no way that you learn this stuff on your own. None of us learned it growing mm. up. None of our parents had this language. Nobody understood me and Bobby, you know, we did a whole reset on our life in September of 2021. And we did no joke, like six weekend, um, marriage like workshops within the first six months. It was ridiculous. We we just went crazy. Yeah. We actually bear Creek was one of them. They did an awesome thing there. Um, and I'll never forget leaving each one like with tears in my eyes and telling Bobby, like we didn't know. Yeah any of this. Yeah. I had no freaking clue what a marriage was supposed to look like. Mm-mm. I do not know how to communicate like an adult. Mm-hmm. I am not behaving like an adult in my marriage. No clue. Yeah. Just no idea until you finally are like forced to either, we're either divorcing or we're going to figure it out. Absolutely. But it's all the therapy. It's all the recovery groups. It, it's the Bible studies, the church, everything. It's all that meeting with other people who've walked the same path as us. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's taken, so much work just to be able to have a mature conversation like right. the one you're talking about. Yeah. It, it's crazy though. It's, it's crazy. The humility of it. It is. It comes
1: all the way back to just being able to be humble enough yeah. to say, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, yes. I don't, I have no clue. I say, I say this all the time. Like, I don't know what a healthy relationship looks like. Right. And we I'm didn't all, either. I'm also in counseling and something my counselor brought to my attention is that I have healthy friendships, right? I have healthy relationships with other people. Say in my recovery, right? Right. right. They're all my friends, but I do know what a healthy relationship is. Mm-hmm. Just because I haven't been in a healthy romantic relationship until right now, that's actually
0: a great point. Doesn't yes. mean that I don't know what a healthy relationship. So you've been practicing like. this, correct? Yes.
1: I've learned to set boundaries. I've learned to spot red flags. I've learned what is acceptable and not acceptable in my life right this just happens to be the first romantic relationship that you're practicing what you've learned that i've been able to put in action yeah right exactly yeah
0: all right where are we at on this thing dang girl we've been talking for a while
1: we knew we were gonna do that we knew
0: (laughs) i'm gonna cut us off all right all right you're gonna come back okay and we'll talk about a whole other host of of everything any last final words you'd like to give out tell us where we can find your ministry
1: the Um, name sure where we can find it
0: Um, city locations all the things I'm in Lodi,
1: California. That's where all of our events are currently. Um, we probably will start expanding maybe to like Stockton, Galt areas Yay. eventually. Good. Um, but we just started, last September was our first event, so we're coming up on a year. Um, it's called Set Apart Women's Ministry. Mainly you can find us on Facebook right now. Perfect. Um, we do have an Instagram account also, but all the main chunk of information is on Facebook. Um... We are hosting an event, I think it's, I should know this, but it's the third Friday of every quarter. Okay. So our next event is September 22nd at Gravity. Perfect. Um, except for in December, because of Christmas, we right. are December 1st at Bear Creek Church.
0: That's going to be awesome. Cool. Yes. Awesome. All right girl. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you for coming on.